Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Crosstalk. This is Major Doug McClure, and I'm coming to you from my bedroom. Isn't that awesome? So we're glad to have you here. And we have, of course, my wonderful co-host. This is John Wilcock coming to you from his... What, what do we call that room? Uh, this is the DIN or the, the podcast studio, so it's very appropriate. Oh, very nice. So we're coming to you from John's private podcast studio. And we're not alone today. We have some wonderful guests with us from all the way from national headquarters there in Alexandria, Virginia. And don't let that, don't tune out just because of <laughs> national headquarters. Uh, normally it's how we do things here, but we, uh, we, we, we have the highest respect for them. Uh, we have with us captains. They're still captains. They're not old enough yet. I don't think Matt's even shaving yet, but worse, we have with us captains, Matt and Jamie Siley. So we're going to bring them out and for a great crosstalk round of applause. Here we go. Woo! <laughs> Hey, listen, that major is looming in the very short distance, June. We hit oh, it in June. That close? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Matt it, wants to turn it down. Yeah, I want to deny it. <laughs> well, if you let <laughs> Matt go in the report. room and just say, hey, you know, uh, some of us don't really qualify. You know, I mean, uh, I don't know how to say it. But, yeah, of course, we have history with Matt and Jamie. Uh, can we call NHQ officers Matt by their first names? Of course. Of course. Of oh, course. Yeah. We have history of Matt and Jamie. Matt and Jamie used to be the youth leaders for the state of Georgia for the Salvation Army. And so we had the opportunity to do many night programs together and youth councils and other kinds of activities together. And then they were here for a couple of years and then they left. Too brief. <laughs> Way too brief. Just going to pause right there. They just left. We did. Did they leave a note? No. <laughs> did they? Florida stole them away. Did, they, did we get a prize? No. <laughs> They left, and uh, some of us are still feeling a little salty about that, actually. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they did went on to Florida, and they became the youth leaders in the Salvation Army in Florida, and then wound up recording albums. How did that work? We got to get back to that one day. Uh, got down there and got all cool down there and hanging out in Florida, and then their work was so awesome they decided to go and go national. <laughs> so now, yeah, the I don't think it's awesome. I think it was. What are we going to do with these people? Let's ship right. them off and make them somebody else's problem. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and we're going to get to that later. There, there's some people asking that question later. You know, but the great thing about it is, so they are responsible for all the youth work, uh, guiding and leading and developing the youth work for the whole country. Uh, which I don't know about you, but that gives me a lot of fear. Fear <laughs> should scare you. It should. It should scare you. Yeah, seriously. I mean. I mean, I'm dealing with Matt in charge of a whole state. Yeah. And now they gave him a country. <laughs> I mean, I, I get a city at a time. Matt gets a country. That, fire, that fireworks budget went real high. Right. <laughs> We're not talking about that, okay? But, uh, the great thing is, luckily, Matt is not there by himself. Uh, he is preceded in ministry. We don't say join because she is definitely a priest. Steeding, this is Jamie, and so. But you have a great, you have a great job up at NHQ. Do you, you, you do yeah. some editing up there, don't you? Want to tell us about that? Yeah, I'm the editor of Peer Magazine, which is a Salvation Army publication for Gen Z. So we really, now Gen Z is a pretty broad audience to try to hit. So we kind of aim 16 to 24, um, but trying to hit topics that um, really kind of relate to them. We have a print every month, but also a lot of web exclusive content on our website, PeerMag.org. And also on all the social media channels. So it's a pretty cool, a pretty cool job. A lot different than what I'm used to doing in the youth world. But uh, it's able to, you know, kind of take my passions for what's important to youth and what they need to hear in discipleship and put it into a publication. So now, and honestly, I, I don't fit into the 16 to 24 age range, but I still read peer. Uh, I, I still find the articles uh, 
somewhat relevant. And now here's here's some weird. Now I have a 16 year old. Yeah. So now I, I read the magazine so Jamie can explain to me how to talk to my 16 year old. <laughs> so for those Listen. who are struggling, uh, I'm not quite a Gen Z. I'm, I'm I guess I'm one of those Gen X almost millennial people. Thank you for helping us understand our children. <laughs> Listen, I think it's great. And I also want to tell like core officers stuff all the time. It may not hit where you are, but read it and then use it as a, you know, a diving board to what you can address with the kids in your core or the kids in your house. Um, you know, these are stuff that they're dealing with. So you read it. So you have, so, you know, you have a relevant way to talk to them. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, so we know Jamie works, but we really don't know what Matt does. So Matt, tell, tell us what the National Youth Secretary does. Yeah, that you just said it right there. No, um, so National Youth Secretary, I'm in. I am have direct responsibility for the seven Salvation Army youth curriculums that are put out: Corps Cadets, Junior Soldiers, Character Building, that kind of stuff. So um, I work with a great team of people who write those, um, who put the videos together for core cadets, corecadets.com, um, all that good stuff. So we do that. And then we have just direct oversight over the youth commission, which is um, all the territorial youth secretaries in the nation. There are four territories. Each one has a territorial youth secretary. Can't we even invite Canada to come along with us? And we just sit yeah. in twice a year. Yeah. Uh, Canada. Eh? And then twice a year we uh, meet together um, because of the corona, we've been meeting over Zoom, but we just take two or three days and just talk all things youth ministry. What can we be doing better? What can we do? And then we make recommendations to the commissioner's conference, who then turns it into Salvation Army law. So it's fun because you get to see law. You get to see, uh, yeah, you know, law in the sense <clears throat> that people minutes. don't pay any attention to it. Salvation Army, <laughs> Salvation Army minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just want to go back and say now when 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 Jamie dropped the pyramid.org, that was pretty cool. But corkets.com leaves me cold. <laughs> can I can I, we have a podcast? Can we can hawk the podcast? Oh yeah, drop the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Not Corkets, it's Jamie and I. It's actually out of peer. So if you're ever looking for a podcast for Salvationist Generation Z and Millennials, millennials. uh the Battle Line podcast. We started it this is last uh right before the 2020 ended um but it's a good time we just get do like this we sit and talk and uh talk all things youth culture and faith wild conversations so somebody taught matt how to hook up a microphone <laughs> yeah is that dy listen dys and they make you dys and all of a sudden they're like hey here's all the cords turn this into a thing and, and it, like, doesn't, uh, what? it doesn't change when you go to national headquarters i walk in the door and they're like you're young you know how cables work hook this up <laughs> pretty much how it happens. Well, Zero so, training, but okay. I ran all the video stuff for you guys when you first got to Georgia. <laughs> yes. So you know exactly what level uh, we are not at. <laughs> yeah. I remember you uh, yelling at me because I was wrapping a cord the wrong way. Yes. Oh, say, don't, don't do that. Whatever. You know, the arm wrap thing, John does it. Loop so and much. twist. It really, really hurts my feelings. Uh, and there, <laughs> there, there's a support group out there. So uh, we are, this is an honor for us to have uh, Matt and Jamie with us. Uh, and we're excited. And today we are going to be uh, talking about uh, Psalm chapter 22 there. You can see at the bottom. So before we get started, we're going to allow one or ask one of the Saturdays if they would pray with us. You guys can toss a coin or we're just going to let Jamie because she's the more holy one. Uh, however you guys want to play that. And uh, we'll, we'll get going here on Crosstalk. Fair. Sure, I can pray. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we're so uh, blessed, God, to have this opportunity to join together and just to open your word, to hear what you have to say to us tonight. Uh, so we pray, God, that you would just bless our conversation, uh, that 
uh, whatever that uh, comes out of it, God would be honoring and uh, a blessing to someone that that we would uh, grow in you for the glory of your kingdom. We love you so much, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So we are in Psalm 22 and we're going to be doing now. There's probably no way we're going to get through this whole chapter, but hopefully you can hit the highlights. And I think we can. I, I believe in us. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we've done worse. Uh, <laughs> That's oh, I guess we've done better. I don't know how that how does that work. Um, so we are really excited to be here with with everybody here. And if you're going to just this is your segue to, to open to Psalm 22 or since we got Gen Z possibly watching here, you can open your phone uh, to the appropriate app. And uh, we're going to be. In Psalm, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. App you have you, it say you, amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, who wants to give us a, John? I'm going to make you read because I'm going to see if I can try to keep you quiet for five seconds. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, Got him. Sure. Um, so, Psalm 22, starting in verse one, I'm reading NIV. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night. And I am not silent. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried out to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm. Are we drop, stopping yet? Yeah, we can stop there. That's a good place to okay. stop. No, I, anything that mentions you being a worm. You stopped, on, you stopped on I'm a worm. Yeah. I'm a worm. Dude. That's how we roll across on things. And may the Lord add a blessing to the yeah. reading of his word. May it be so. That's right up there with uh, bears eating children for me, right? <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, Psalm 22 is a familiar psalm to a lot of people and uh, has a lot of connections to. Um, I guess we, we could say part of the crucifixion story. I mean, there there are some definitely some connections there. So, who wants to kick us off? Where where are we gonna where are we gonna start this out at? Hey, I was just gonna say, like I I it was surprisingly late in life. I think the first time I ever heard somebody preach on this, and I should probably say, maybe not so late in life that I heard somebody preach on it, but the first time I recall listening to a sermon that was preached on it. I have I to put that because uh, you never listened. Okay. Yeah, that's right. My dad was my core officer growing up. So I always have to put that caveat. He probably <laughs> did preach on it and I maybe just not wasn't listening, but it's actually in an officer's councils. And I think it was Leonard sweet. Wasn't it, Matt? I wasn't listening. Spoke <laughs> 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 that spoke on it. Uh, and then that kind of just kind of spurred on like, a, Oh, I need to find out more about this. A caveat, though, um, anything Leonard Sweet is is good things to glean from and study from for any of our uh, watchers, listeners, anything like that. If you can get a hold of any of that, it's gold. Yeah, it was really it was really great. And I don't I don't even think that he focused here on it long. I think it was just kind of a side note in his you know bigger topic. But then I was like, oh, I'm I've got to go check all this out. I mean, I think right off the bat. What you have to mention about Psalm 22 is all the things that you see uh, in the crucifixion of Jesus, for sure, all throughout. I mean, Jesus, one of his last sayings on the cross is Psalm 22, verse 1. At least the first, my God, my my God, uh, why have you forsaken me? And we even can say it in Aramaic, right? Because it gives it to us in the Gospels. I don't say it well, but I'm sure you can. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. E uh, I'm not going to say it. I always say it like it's Klingon. When I say it, <laughs> Eloi Sabachthani, you know, but it's that's not how Jesus said it. Yeah, you know. we're Star, we're Star Wars only crowd here. Uh, you know, 
<laughs> we accept Star Trek. It's okay. Yeah. It's not as good, but we'll accept yeah. it. Yeah. Um, well, and, and what, what's interesting is it, it, for me is when I looked in, and my, my Bible has one of those, some of those subtitles at the top, and it said, sung to the tune of the Doe of the Dawn. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you, you got to remember that these were actually these were actually songs that were sung. They were sung in worship, and you know I can just imagine walking into you know my local church this Sunday morning, and our praise and worship song for this Sunday is "God, Why Have You Forsaken Us?" <laughs> Verse one. Well, you know, I did I did look it up because I thought you know surely in 2021 somebody on Google has found the original tune on Apple Music of. Uh, dough of the morning but um, of course I, everything we say is speculation but i heard somebody say and i love i love this i don't know if i mean this again speculation but we kind of think of this the music tune as psalm 22 as being a quiet meditative meditative kind of spiritual like Summer. this would this would be an, an altar call song kind of right is what we're kind of thinking dough of the morning but you know they passed down you know, tradition, history through song, through all that stuff. And so they said the Dove of the Morning could actually be a solemn tune, like about a deer being hunted. So a solemn tune about a deer being hunted, which makes a lot of sense. Not a lot of those going on in church today. Yeah. Well, like and not, the reverse Bambi thing going on here. It makes sense. It makes sense because, I mean, you can see right here the terror, the fear, the loneliness in the wilderness that that a deer I presume would feel when being hunted is the same way that Jesus says, David says it here, right? David's reading Psalm 22. And then Jesus, of course, saying thing, thing. I'm there are people after me. Why am I alone? So I don't, we don't know what doe in the morning really was, but still that's pretty cool to think about. Now, Jamie emailed us earlier and said, you had a dance number that you had prepared <laughs> with that song in mind. I mean, are, are you prepared? Listen, side note, Matt sings on almost every episode of the Battle Line podcast, and somehow we keep trying to find a way to stop him, and exactly like this. Yeah, it's a mute <laughs> it works button. Way in there. It's a mute button. Um, <laughs> there's, a reason why, there's a reason why Matt's the national youth director and not the national music director. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a, it's a great idea and a great concept. Of, I, I like the idea you mentioned before about the fact about a, a doe being hunted or chased because, I mean, that's a that's a feeling that David especially could understand, could, could really, I mean, could really kind of dig into if you if you look through his life. And just so you know, we, we actually spent some time uh, dealing with the life of David and Jonathan and Saul and all that kind of stuff. This is back in the spring uh, of 2020 uh, when we for actually first started Crosstalk and um uh, that that was a we got all the way through the story of David and saw the fact that he there were some nights he never had the same place he slept every night, and so the mm-hmm. idea of being chased of being hunted, I mean that's something that we we all can kind of understand, I guess. Do you want to, uh, Jamie, share with what you were talking? We were talking before lunch, before supper, oh. excuse me, about this, and we were talking about um, like how some people go ahead, Jane. I don't want to steal your thunder about it. some people yeah. say this is messianic, sure. but right, yeah, so. Uh, yeah. So two, two quick things. One is, um, when, as I was studying for this there, you know, traditionally, and mostly today in the church, Christians, you know, think this is messianic prophecy. There are teachers out there though, who think that, no, it wasn't actually prophecy that David was going through something and the spirit, you know, uh, I guess spoke to him in a way or inspired him to write in such a way that was foreshadowing, but not everybody agrees that this is prophecy about jesus so i i tend to think it is i don't i mean it's just so close i don't i mean to me it just seems like that's the the best case we don't there's nothing in david's life that we can kind of point to where 
um, you know, like these exact kind of events where it can be like, oh, it was right there. Um, scholars really can't nail that down. Uh, but I think I would say the vast majority of people do consider this, you know, a messianic psalm. I do think it's it's important in verse one to note, though, that that small word, sometimes we tend to skip over these small words, but he still he being David, the psalmist, and even Jesus on the cross still say, my God. So when they're crying out to God or they're saying, God, you you forsaken me, it's not anger at a God they've lost trust in. This is still their God, that they're still they still uh, are in tune with him. They still have faith uh, in him. They still trust in him. He is still their God. Uh, and so I think it's an important note, you know, even even in the anguish, even in the, the utter despair and what seems to possibly be the very end of the life, either for David or the end of the life for Jesus. Right before he dies on the cross, they still had complete faith uh, in God. He was still their God. And just to say, too, like they say it twice. My God, my God. Like when you say stuff twice, that's a lot of pain. That's a lot of terror. That's a lot of loneliness uh, when you're saying, you know, it's not so nice. You have to say it twice. Well, it, yeah, my teachers in school said that saying it twice is like underlining it. For sure. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's to it's to grab attention, which um, all of that kind of goes along with a note I made that goes later on in verse 21, where. Um, the translation later on for save me or rescue me, depending on which one you have, can also alternate instead of save or rescue in an action, but it can also just translate to heard me. Mm -hmm. And it, it's a lot of that going along with the idea that they're crying out to still their God in spite of their pain. It's, it's just that it's, a, it's an alleviation of pain through just the expression of pain. And we've talked before on crosstalk. Even sometimes, like sometimes, the the relief to pain is just expressing it. Like mm. it's not that immediately God swooped in and all the ox and all the dogs and all the <clears throat> the things surrounding David um, were whisked away, but instead know that He heard him through that, and and that was the alleviation and everything. And and what's funny though too is that kind of with the messianic thing, is the subtitle for mine. Um, in addition to Doe of the Morning, is it also says the cry of the righteous sufferer, which mm. kind of invokes, it's not necessarily, I mean, it is from David, so we interpret it first and foremost like this is David, this is David's struggles, this is David's, you know, uh, plight, but it could be forwardly applied to Jesus as arguably the only righteous sufferer, you know, um, and, and what implication that has for us and that God heard us, sent his son, and therefore, that is our salvation. We still have our problems today, even though Jesus came 2,000 years ago. But he heard us, and that's the salvation. So just some interesting points. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I never know which way to point on these cows. So I'm like, are you there? Man? I think my, my first immediate, like what you were saying, John, my first immediate practical application of this is, like, God can take any emotion that I throw at him. Um, like we sometimes think we have to, you know, have a prayer, a prayer language, or like we have to, you know, heavenly father, you know, even when we're not feeling when it, we can bring our raw emotion to God. And that's what's happening here in Psalm 22 is, is raw terror, raw emotion. I am all alone in this and this stinks. And yeah, well, and, and, um, one thing that really grabbed me in verse two, that goes with that is, you know, when we're in that pressure cooker of feelings and, and situation, 
you know, we want immediate alleviation. Somebody pull the valve, you know, and that's generally what we're wanting from God is that pressure release. Just let it out. And um, in verse two, he says, I cry out by day, but by night you don't answer. And it's that sort of fast food faith of like, we expect if we pray in the morning, by the end of the day, our problems are going to be good. Right. Mm. And if only. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it it's that sometimes we're just so stuck in it that we we think that it's going to get better immediately because we prayed the right way or we asked it just right or we rubbed the lamp the right way when in reality it's deeper than that and and that's what's interesting about some of the notes that a commentary i was reading for this uh made out to be was that it, it the the point isn't salvation from his enemies it's it's deeper and more personal than that it's not that our enemies and foes are vanquished it's not that you know, the, the dark is dealt away with. It's not that the cancer is, is taken away. It's that we're made stronger. We're made more faithful through it. And that doesn't happen by night by simply expressing our pain, but that is a start to that closer relationship with God, because, you know, I mean, every, everyone here in, is married. So it's that idea of, you know, if you try, try in married life to go through and just take your struggles as your struggles and don't share that with your spouse, then can you really say there's much relationship there? There's not that communication. Yeah, John, there's not that communication. about marrying life being pain? I want to hear more about that. <laughs> it, it comes up. And, um, so, but if, if we're not communicating and sharing that with God, can we say there's a relationship there either? And so that's why I said, like, the, there's no offered solution. We haven't gotten that far into this yet, but spoiler alert, by the end of it, although he's praising God, it's not because God did anything. It's simply because he is now, ex he's expressed himself and seen that God is still faithful in spite of it. So there, there was no real resolution, but there was communication. Yeah, I think the comfort for us too in this is to realize that uh, this is not something uh, so we, we have these examples. That's part of the great part about the Bible is that we can see people who have dealt with these same things are heroes of the faith. Right. So now we know like David experienced this gut wrenching agony of, you know, praying and praying and praying and not feeling like he was being heard or, or feeling like he was banded, being abandoned and yet still trusting. And if that wasn't enough to understand that Jesus felt that very same thing uh, and still dealt with those same things. And so it's, it's just a great, you know, kind of what, not so much misery loves company, but it's nice to know that, you know, we're not in this alone. We, we serve a God who has endured this pain. Wow. All right, worm. You want to keep, I'm sorry, John, you want to keep reading? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, verse six, but I am a worm. I am not a man. I just like hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Scorned by men and despised by the people. All who see me mock me, and they hurl the insults and shake their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. For from birth I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Oh, good place to stop. Good job, John. I felt so. <laughs> so we, we 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 it's it's almost like the the first section there was kind of an introduction. Here's kind of what we're going to get into, and then he just kind of drops into it. Yeah, I'm a worm, dude. Uh, not really a man. Uh, pretty much everybody hates me. I'm going to go lay down and die. I think I think <laughs> we all 
I think we all do have those moments of oh, self today? self-deprecation <laughs> five times today uh, where we're just like, like whenever Paul would say like, I'm the chief of all sinners, I'd be like, bet. Yeah. <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, I should have one. Sorry. It's self-deprecation depending on how you apply it though. Yeah. Um, and, and, Funnily, like for here, I mean, I am a war- like this is graphic language, so it can be very self-deprecating or it can be read that way. But like you mentioned, Paul, where we don't really see that as self-deprecating because it's this idea of, you know, he's just simply recognizing like his his smallness compared to God's greatness. And even when Job says something similar to this of like, you know, I'm just a maggot, it it's more in, in line with rather than, oh, pity me, but it's it's more of, oh, how great is he? For you sure. know, yeah. it, it's more a reflection of God than ourself. Yeah. Um, and that same thing comes up at the end of the psalm as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, what's what's funny, though, is how he, it's like this trauma praise, trauma praise rhythm in this mm-hmm. first first part, because like he starts off with all the things of like, God, you've forsaken me. Um, you know, you're far from me and everything, but you've done all these wonderful things for Israel. You've delivered our forefathers and you've done these great things, but I'm a worm. I'm so small and insignificant compared to your greatness, but you have blessed me since my birth. You know, you've been with me since even before I existed. It's this up and down rhythm. And it's almost like reflective of, of life in that we, just because we have the good things that we can look to and say, Oh, God's great. Doesn't mean that the, the bad things aren't bad and that we shouldn't feel about them. But it also means that the bad things don't outweigh or take away that God has been and is still good. Um, or at least that's kind of like the weird thing my brain told me when I read it. Yeah, no, the, definitely. In the first, what like kind of, you know, the, the chapter's kind of separated into, into two sections. You have this kind of time where he's like really just grieving and pouring out and then it just, flip-flops like there's no there's no transition we just jump right into the sunshine uh and in that first 21 verses chunks there's like three different times of uh lament it's a contrasting of the lament but the reminder the lament but the reminder specifically specifically in this part in 6 to 11 you know talking about his present situation but always you know recalling like you said back to that past experience of the deliverance of the past generations uh or sorry the the past generation but then the protection of god um that he's seen in his life so it i think it's kind of like that inner battle a little bit where you're you're kind of in it but then you're remembering but hey you know god god has protected me god has come through for me uh and sometimes we have to remind ourselves those and speak those things over ourselves so that we don't, you know, drown in the mire of it, right? Well, and that was that was straight up Moses's like plea for the people is don't forget God. Remember yeah. what he's done. Remember who he is and where he's brought you. And it's like such a Sunday school thing and it sounds pretty on Facebook and everything, but it's like it's literal like we have to I, I mean, maybe some are better at it than me, but like if certain things aren't right in front of me, it does not exist. It ceases to exist if I don't see it. Uh, if it's not on my calendar, it's not happening this week. Stuff like that, where it's just like I have to have it in front of me to remind me of it. And it's the same thing with God and with His precepts and all of that. Moses knew that. God knew that when He's, you know, commanded Moses to that of just like they will forget me if this is not steadily on their minds. If it's not on their mind, I mean, we 
we talked about it with Psalm one, you know, it's, it, I meditated, um, on, you know, day and night. It's yeah. that idea of, we need to keep the goodness of God fresh every day. Um, you know, in order to see that he's still good, even when hey, today kind of sucked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of human nature, right. To get bogged down in that, like always, you know, you always do this or you never do this and whatever it is that's right in our mind is like all we can think about. Well, you know, he, he didn't take out the trash. He always forgets to take out the trash, you know, whatever. Uh, and then, so like our mind gets stuck in that, but we have to remember, like, really, we have to ask ourselves, really, is it always, no, remember this and this and this and this. And I think that's why it's so important where you're talking about hiding God's word in our heart. Uh, so, so, that, you know, when we're tempted to get caught in those cycles of, you know, oh, I'm a worm, I'm a this, I'm a, you know, all these people are mocking me. They're going to defeat me. They're going to destroy me, whatever it is like to remember, oh, remember when God protected you here. Remember when God delivered you here. Remember, like, my God, why have you forsaken me? But uh, uh, think back. You know, how many times maybe have you been tempted to ask that? But think back. Absolutely. That well, human that, nature. That's a real common thing that we even see today. I mean, where people like will spiral. Yeah. One thing and then it adds on to another thing of, you know, what what, what Jamie's referring to, the, the big word is called hyperbole. When we take one thing and we blow it into something that was never meant to be like, you, know, you never do this or you always do that. We use that kind of language where it, it, it we make absolutes, basically. This is always this way. The truth is, she mentioned, it's not always that way. And we have to remind ourselves, there have been times where sunshine has poked through our day, that we've had those good moments. I mean, yeah, some days they might be further away from each other, but the truth is there are those moments we have these things. And if we don't consider, we don't constantly remind ourselves, uh, then, then that really can become an issue for us. And for me, that, that kind of leads us into our next section there. It's almost like the, the psalmist here is using some real life language to represent some of these ideas trying to get across. Uh, he's using he's using some really specific language about that. So because he looks like he just wants to read, I'm going to call him my good friend, Matt Satterley, uh, see if he, he'd read a little bit about bulls and lions yep. <laughs> and tigers and bears. Oh, my. <clears throat> Many bulls, this is verse 12. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions tearing their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It is melted away within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust to death. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me, and they divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. Okay, now I will confess that there's one verse here that I cannot relate to personally. Uh, verse 17, I've never been able to count my bones. Uh, <laughs> as, a, as a registered chunky person, I don't really see my bones that often. But, uh, I mean, he uses some really specific language here about, I, I mean, this guy is, this guy has gone through some things. Yeah. I mean, you talk about things like melting like wax. I mean, he's used some very descriptive language. So, um, it just it really just kind of speaks to me about, you know, we've all felt some of these things. I mean, maybe we're not as good with words as the psalmist is here. But I think we've all had some of these experiences we talked about before. We felt these things happening. Well, we definitely see you definitely see stuff with Jesus here in this part. I mean, right there, uh, uh, you know, my bones are out of joint. When person's put on the cross, they're on there awkwardly, and Absolutely. bones bones are put out of joint. And then, of course, uh, you know, you've got um, people staring at him, gloating over him when he's on the cross. And then, of course, verse eighteen, 
right? Yeah. I mean, that's again, that's straight out of gospel uh, right there. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, to note that, um, or one of the things that I was reading about this is that it, it's fascinating that David would describe a, cruci a crucifixion so so well when crucifixion was not a Jewish thing. Crucifixion was a Roman punishment. And so it's unlikely that David would have ever seen a crucifixion. Yeah. Uh, so for him to use this language that so vividly describes what happens in a crucifixion, I think is just, um, I mean, something to take note of a remarkable work of the spirit, I guess, in, in the, in, you know, whatever was going on when David was writing this. I think too, like what you were saying earlier, John, too, like sometimes like we, we just have, we have bad days and life is bad and things like that. But also you see here, like the Psalmist, David is writing about all the people that are out to get him. I mean, sometimes it's not like it's not just a bad day. Like the thing yeah, was real. Coming. Like, coming. Yeah, I mean, the struggle is real for David. Yeah. You've got the circle. You've got a circle of bulls, which just a symbol of no. brute strength. <laughs> a circle of dogs. A circle of evil men. And like, there's, there's always going to be people that are out there who are going to run their mouth, which we saw back at verse. Uh, we just saw it on Facebook yesterday. Verse eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every day, right? There's always going to. Haters are always going to hate. Always. Well, and I think it's one of those areas where, like, we have to be careful not to see every uh, every one of our daily struggles For in sure. this psalm. That's good. Um, whereas God is good in all your varied spectrum of struggles, you know, this is definitely, it's a, a little more serious than you didn't get to order the right sandwich today and it right. just upset your mood. Like, yeah. God will First world problem, man. It goes back to hyperbole, yeah, like, for I, sure. You know, like it's one of those things where you have to have a measured application. For sure. Um, and and sometimes if we're honest, you know, the things that we think are enemies or the people we think are enemies <laughs> maybe aren't. Right. Maybe it's very responsive to us. Um, you know, and so we that that takes a lot of sorting of the spirit. Um what's what is interesting though, is that making mention of enemies. This is one of the few psalms, though, that does not curse or um, call for a repass of, of those enemies. It's not about, hey, God, throw them out. You know, he, doesn't God, say, like, uh, he doesn't say break their teeth. That's my favorite. Yeah, like, That's my favorite when David says that. It happens. <laughs> break their it teeth. It really does happen. Mm. <laughs> um, but, but it's one of the few times where it's, it's not that. And, and it's, it's really, um, although... If, if you want to sort out the theology of, of those those psalms and those moments, I'd, I'd like to say that there's probably some divine justice there. But at the end of the day, that the, the vengeance is the Lord's. Right. What th this still goes along with Jesus's teaching, though, uh, of, you know, it, it's it's a focus on on him and, and that his victory supersedes that of, of our enemies. We we think victory over enemies usually is the other side loses. They don't get their way. They lose their job, like all this other, like there's, there's these consequences. And sometimes, you know, it's not that sometimes it's just that we survived in spite of, you know, their strength. You know, it sometimes it's just that we, we make it on the Lord's grace. And so, um, but I love the next part that we're going to get into because it completely, it's like this, it throws it in rewind of everything that he's just talked about. He builds up his enemies, but then he starts building up his God. Well, before we get there, it's halftime here at Crosstalk. So it's time for us to take a few minutes and get to know our guest host. 
So we have a lovely game we like to play here at oh, no. Talk. <laughs> Would you rather? And so we uh, we're we're gonna have a fun question. And yes. We're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt's always down for everything, and Jamie's usually like, "Well, um, so or really, or you bring Matt not to do those things." So um, so today uh, a, a fun one for you. So here's our would you rather for today. So would you rather? Would you rather your fingers always feel sticky, or your throat always feels itchy? I'm gonna go with fingers because if your throat is always itchy and you're doing this. <clears throat> right now in today and age, you're going to get pepper sprayed in the face <laughs> by somebody who thinks you have the Rona. So, <laughs> so, so descriptive. Yes. I'm going to say the same way. Fingers always feel sticky. I cannot stand a scratchy throat. It is just the worst. So I'm going to stick with sticky fingers. <laughs> now you have yeah. children. I assume that you've had sticky fingers in your house. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, don't even know where it that. comes from, right? When you have kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't tell you. Many times, I, have, I have four boys. I can't tell you how many times. Please take your finger out of your nose. Please take your finger out of your Oh, just put the whole hand up there. What about you, John? Are you sticky fingers or itchy throat? Uh, I can I can deal with itchy throat. I think I drink enough warm coffee uh, to counter it. I cannot stand sticky fingers. I I just couldn't I couldn't touch anything for the rest of my life. I'd cut them off. I just I don't know what I would do. I probably there we go. I'm just saying. I'm that guy with a fork and knife with ribs and such. Like I'm just like I can't. Are you serious? Like you, if you get like, if you got like rib sauce on your hands, would you be like this? forever it, it yeah it's one of those weird things where like i'm very heightened when it comes to certain textures and everything share your pain yeah. out loud over the whole entire world just, John. like you, you ask it goes deep like it's just certain things like the, the same way my, my wife has it with with sounds where certain sounds can completely disrupt her and mm. and it just throws her for a loop for sometimes several minutes i'm that way with textures like if i if if there's a paper that has a weird texture and I tr touch that turn in the page, like it throws me out. <laughs> it's, it's it's so weird. Um, you know, God's beautiful and he made weird, awesome things. But he also, <laughs> like some stuff I can't explain, man. <laughs> I hear well, you. Be a clean sweep for Augusta because I cannot stand <laughs> sticky fingers. I swear, I spend more time. I was washing my hands before it was popular with coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, my mother can tell you stories. I would go outside to pick up leaves. You know, when we rake leaves. I pick up a handful of leaves and go in and wash my hands. <laughs> handful of leaves. She finally bought me a pair of gloves. Uh, I could not stand. I mean, you talk about the rib thing. I mean, I used to, we used to have a board member in Albany that owned a rib restaurant, and it was great. And that's the reason I got the 400 pounds, but that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> But that's the reason they give you those little packets of little those little sanitary wipe things for your hands. It's like this big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need, I need yeah. like twenty. That's right. I've got six gallons of sauce on my hand. <laughs> you gave me a post-it note of sanitizer. You used, to, you used to buy me a box. When you did this order from Cisco, I used to get a box of them. I used to keep them in my car because it just drove me nuts. Just to have, and still to this day, when I get sticky things in my hands, it just drives me insane. I mean, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm getting itchy. So I mean, just yeah. So it must it, maybe it's just an Augusta thing, but uh, yeah, we're we're not really Augusta familiar. is very sticky. So <laughs> in the last two minutes of our intermission time, uh, Matt and Jamie, what's something big do you guys have got coming up or something you're working on? If it's secret and you have to betray any confidence, that's fine because we're okay with betraying confidence here on Crosstalk. But uh, what's something big coming up on your horizon? So 
I mean, for, for me, peer, it's a pretty cyclical process because we, you know, we come out with something every month, but we are working on some new things. We've just re um, kind of retooled one of our columns um, in the monthly print edition to address mental health needs. Mental health uh, across all generations is a huge thing right now, but particularly with Gen Z. So we're trying to address that uh, in a lot of ways we can. So we're working on that. We've also engaged for licensed professionals to do online web series for us about mental health. So that's kind of what I'm really into right now is, you know, making sure that that gets off the ground and, and goes uh, with it's youth council season coming up. So that's the next big thing for us is we're going to go out and be a part of a okay. It's a virtual youth councils, but we're still, we're speaking. So working on that. And here is Pira magazine. For those of you who want to keep, keep track. Yes. There uh. it is. Really awesome stuff. So we highly encourage at peermag.org. So what about you there, Captain Matt? Anything good coming out of your world? Uh, yeah, lots. I mean, I know I'll get a little trouble here, but um, with being a guy whose uh, curriculum is the biggest thing that we do at NHQ out of the Christian Education Department, curriculum's not the silver bullet for winning people to Jesus, for sure. That's, relation that's relationships. So if people are hoping for curriculum, it's just not, it's not going to be it. So we're just always reevaluating. What can we be doing to change that? But one of the things I'm really excited about right now is the central territory is rolled out and we are trying to partner with them all territories as much as possible is salvationarmygaming.com so it's not SA Gaming Salvation Army we call it SA Gaming but don't go to SA Gaming.com I love the acronyms in the army <laughs> that's a gambling site don't go there it's Salvation Army uh, okay, right Salvation Army Gambling don't do that either <laughs> Salvation Army, Army gaming. gaming. I'm pretty com. sure there's a doctrine for that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a um, great, a great new way to disciple. With Go with ahead, the Matt. with the coronavirus, it has been it has been wonderful. So people, we have people all over the world. Yep. There it is. Thanks, John. We have people all over the world who are playing um, Fortnite Friday, Animal Crossing, Salvationist jumping on. It's a safe place for people because you guys know, know, those of you who have played games online, you know that that fifth grader down the uh, down the street will say horrible things about your mother. But um, so it's a good place where there's a prayer room. It goes through the yeah. discord um, and it's just, it's All growing leaps and bounds. We start the central territory started with 50 and now they're past 500 already. Yep. Yeah. All so. the rooms are monitored. Like they have monitors set up uh, to make sure that it stays a safe place, but it's like a lot of great discipleship things coming out of it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an exciting ministry. You get a salvationist in Fresno, California, New Hampshire, and Tokyo all playing the game at the same time. It's, it's amazing what technology and what the Lord is doing. Well, you'd be proud of Augusta. We, uh, for one of our fundraising elements, we actually hosted, uh, three Fortnite tournaments and three, we're right now in the middle of three rocket league tournaments to help raise money for Christmas. And we're hopefully going to redo that again in the summertime. And that's a fundraiser. It's called playing with a purpose. Uh, but kind of the same similar concept for, for people to be able to participate in a great way to raise money for our center of hope. So no, one, of the, one of these days, Major, you and I are going to have to talk. I'm going to call you Major because it's business now. One of these days, you and I are going to have to talk about croc centers and gaming. I mean, we have got gaming companies that are chomping at the bit to come and show their stuff off at a croc center. So um, let's talk. Have your yeah. people call my people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my only person. So yeah. have your I'll people call, call me. I'll call Jamie. She says she tells me a lot. I'm not your secretary. That's right. Uh, technically, right now we don't even work in the same department, so you're gonna know, have to handle your business. Uh, ooh, and that's a different crosstalk. And well, back to Jesus. Yeah, back, to, back Jesus. to. So we're we're gonna pick it up there from verse 19. And uh, if if you wouldn't mind, Captain Jamie Sirely, who is not a secretary, 
Like you kind of are, though. No, she's editor now. She doesn't have secretary in the title. Oh, hey. Well, I still have secretary. She's editor. Well, be, be careful. You're talking to an area commander, so you know what that means. <laughs> so you want to you pick us up there, uh, Captain Jamie Satterley, editor of Pure Magazine, there with Verse 19. Yeah. How far do you want me to go? Uh, until somebody throws hands. <laughs> That's All our right. cross policy. All right. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. That's a good point, right? Yeah, I think that's a that's a good spot. So Um, we we actually almost have like a complete mirror of kind of the opposite side of what was just said. In fact, he actually quoted a couple of those and just flipped it verbatim. Now, I don't know about you. I've never really worried worried about the horns of the wild oxen, but uh, it sounds bad. You've seen those videos of the people, the crazy people. Oh, they're jumping from the bull running thing. What are you doing? Oh, I would do it. I would do it. So I would do it. Youth councils. Let's all go, kids. Let's all go. And okay, we did some crazy things. Youth council council. Council. <laughs> I was thinking more of a homely program, but I mean, you know. <laughs> Here come the comments. Here come the comments. I'm <laughs> I just blocked the comments. So if somebody want to get holy for a second? Well, I just... hit me on my phone. They're they're texting me now. Yeah. Sorry, John. Go ahead. Get, bring us back to Jesus. It's pretty bad when you trust me to do that. But okay. um, You're not an officer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I just love this segment for the specificity of it. Like, you know, God, God works in our situations specifically. Um, and though we don't necessarily need to be poetic and, and wordsmith to be able to paint the picture of our life before God and, and say, God help me. It, it does, it, you know, where we can't get specific, he does. And, and he goes after um, what we need, not necessarily uh, what we want. So it just like, for me speaks really loudly to that in that, exactly everything that is the real problem what's really troubling david um is exactly where he sees god working and then though it takes it to another level where he's like okay i'm gonna go shout it from the mountains i'm gonna go tell everybody and so the same way like with his issues like there's this escalation there's also this escalation of how he shares the good news of what the Lord has done, you know, and he starts with the congregate. He starts with the faithful. You who fear the Lord, praise him. So, you know, I don't know how it is with other churches and, and, and everything. We love and frequently do popcorn testimonies and, and those moments of sharing, hey, here's where God's been good. Here's where God's done something. Here's where God's shown up. Because, you know, if, if we can't share that amongst ourselves, then how are we ever going to share that outside of that, which is the next thing that David, you know, talks about. It's going to go even further than that. But that's something I think where we fall off a lot of the time is when we cry out to God and we just go all drama queen on it. God shows up. He saves us, tells us it's not as bad as we thought, but it's okay. It's taken care of. And then we just 
go on and it, 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 we, we don't celebrate that, not even amongst ourselves. We don't even really regard it because we just expect God to do that so much. Um, but, you know, we, we don't share the goodness of God sometimes. That's good stuff. Wow. We'll I talk. didn't expect that to be a mic drop. Mic just... drop. <laughs> uh, well, most of our equipment's broken at the Croc Center. We can't afford to drop any mics right now. <laughs> Well, and and for me, I, I'm I'm a very I'm a very literal, and I'm, I like to use pictures in my mind of what's going on. And that the ending of verse 24 says, "He has not turned his back on them." Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, that that that's a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, that that's an important phrase within that whole idea, because there's a lot of times when we feel we we can feel like people have turned their back against us, and that's probably a feeling that we can that we still understand today. That you know what that feels like to have that back turned. To not, I mean, when I, I share that all the time, and an example of, of of not communicating with God, it's like we turn our back, and when you communicate, it's face to face. Now I know with coronavirus, we're doing it Zoom to Zoom or whatever we're calling this, but uh, I mean the, the truth is normally communication, but still even with Zoom, you notice that Zoom involves a video component, so you can see the other person. Um, I, I'm still okay doing meetings like that, but I still can't do meetings over. I can't do meetings over conference calls because. I'm a face-to-face kind of person. I like that connection. I like to see. I like to see what the other person's wearing. I don't know what my issue is, but I mean, what we understand what it's like for they they turn their backs to us, and we we're just talking to the back of their head, and you know that's a good place to get smacked. But that was what my grandfather used to say. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. It is, and and so often, I mean, you, you know, you, it brings to mind whenever we wander from God, wandering away. It is turning your back like you're not walking backwards, right? So, so you're seeing you're the walking away from Jesus. Yes, that's right. You're turning, you're turning and walking, and never does God do that to us. It, that's always a human-led, inter, you know, a human-led thing. Uh, not God turning His back uh, to our pain or to whatever's happening in our lives. Uh, we do that quite frequently. Prone to wander, we are prone to yeah. wander, but not the Lord. Uh, well, and, and I think a important note on that is it's not always, you know, you're going full ham on, you know, the sinful spike train. Like, you don't have to be, you know, going to the ninth degree of sin to turn from God. You know, it, it goes back to like what we were talking about earlier with remembering, recalling the goodness of God. Sometimes when we, again, you know, Hey, he just saved him from all of these plights. Let me just go back about my way. Like that in and of itself is turning from the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime we don't purposefully turn to God is a turn away from God, even if that's not a malicious turn. Well, I guess it's my turn to read. So sorry, I'm going to rocking my New Living Translation. So if it's a little bit different what you have at home. I apologize. Um Verse 25, I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. For royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Bow before him all who are mortal all whose lives will end as dust. Our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything he has done. Definitely 
an upswing from the beginning of this chapter. I think, uh, you know, Jesus, again, Jesus' death and resurrection is for the whole world. And you see it here in the end, right there in verse 27. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn, Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. His gospel, his his love, his salvation is open for all. And I love, somebody said this, and I love in in regards to Jesus and his death uh, on the cross with Psalm 22. It begins with my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it ends, Psalm 22 ends with these words, for he has done it. Like it is finished. finished. The work is done. Boom. There's the mic drop. (laughs) Well, and and that's such the, that's the big thing. Cause like, it's so tempting to like feel good. Well, maybe not feel good, but like you make that messianic connection of like, oh man, it's the crucifixion. And you feel like that's the focus. We focus on the cross. We focus on the death and the sacrifice that Jesus made. But sometimes, you know, we're cross Christians when we should be resurrection Christians. We should focus on the fact of what what has been accomplished there leads to all this. For sure. We're talking like Matthew 28. Like it gets into that point of all nations, you know, it, it's going to go far beyond you and me and our problems and the bulls and the dogs and the wolves. It's going to go even further so that all would proclaim him. And so it, it goes all the way from the cross to um, you know, uh, revelation even there to, at the end and to own so it ourselves. Encompassing yeah. Thing. And to own it ourselves, like not just Jesus who my God, I mean, we say those things, we have times in our life where it feels like our prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling and coming right back down on us. And we just say, God, why am I all alone in this? But then at the end we say his righteousness will be proclaimed to a generation yet unborn for he has done it. Like yeah. we can look back on our life and say, he was working when I didn't see him. Well, and I feel like, uh, like completely uh, unexpected. But like, I feel like you guys, as your past experience with DYSs, and even you, Major Doug, like all the youth work, like this, this is one of those like driving verses and and, and passages because it's that idea that you know even the unseen things are going to extend far beyond you know what yeah. we've done in a night program or one camp you know, uh, one, one week at summer. And, you know, it, it, it's that reminder of, we don't know what, what seeds are planted from what we do. We don't know what's going to outlive us even to the effect of God's glory. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's why it's so important. That's why youth ministry is so important people. Generation to generation. One day we're, we're not going to be here. So what, what was planted and what was poured, you know, what messages are the next one receiving? Because then they're going to have to pick up the mantle. They've already picked up the mantle, by the way. Right. Don't right. discount the yeah. leadership of young people. Uh, Gen Z, uh, if we don't believe that, all you have to do is look at what happened on Wall Street yesterday. <laughs> look at the yeah. power of Gen Z. Uh, so what what are we teaching? Though? What are we leaving behind? What are we pouring in that's going to go? God's word is going to, like, that's the thing, the great thing. God's word is going to go. Uh, we get to be a part of it, but are you, what are you doing? Are you being a part of it or are you just, you know, leaving that to somebody else? Well, Don't and, and that else. connects so well to like, again, one of those things that just really jumped out in terms of like, again, David didn't do anything. God did everything. He rescued David. Yep. But what David did was proclaim it. He proclaimed the salvation of the Lord. And, and, you know, it's, it's not that we throw a great program and all the kids are saved. It's not that you work really hard and your kid goes off to college and becomes great and you did a good job as a parent. It's that you you make the way for God to do what God's going to do anyway. 
and you just be faithful along that and you just pass it on pass on what what you've learned pass on what's been good for you and you just be obedient like so often it's this idea of the heroes of the faith that they did something and it was great and reality what they did was they were obedient and god was great and yeah. it went from there yeah it is time to wrap it up and what a great way to end it up and i can tell you honestly it's been uh great to hang out with our friends uh we're gonna say captains jamie and matt saturday just so we <laughs> Since she's an editor now, uh, and so we're, we're, we're just grateful. Um, we obviously have no idea where your future holds for you two, but if you're ever in the Augusta area, we would love to give you a crosstalk mug <laughs> if you ever get them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, it's been great having you. Uh, please feel free to come back and join us sometime. We'd love to have you on a, on a future broadcast. We have some great shows coming up. Speaking of next week, uh, we have Curtis Kratz with us out of the Carolinas and we're excited to have Curtis. Curtis, uh, if you know, if you follow Curtis on Facebook, he does a bit of video blogging himself uh, when he walks, which I can't be sweating and talking at the same time. So we're probably going to talk about that next week, but we're excited about that. And then following that, we have Cam Henderson out of Florida. Hey. Uh, so Boo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, pass on a message for me. Tell Curtis Kratz I said Boomer Sooner. Oh, okay, boomer sooner, and then uh, we just we just lined up uh, Judy Chung is going to be coming up in a, in a future episode. Uh, a, we got EB coming out of Florida again, hey. and then we signed John Phil Winter. Yeah, he's already promised to educate us, so uh, we're, we've got some great episodes coming up. So please stay tuned to Crosstalk as we walk through Psalms together. You got a you got a censor button there for some of these people. Seven second delay, seven second delay, man. (laughs) So we're just excited to be here. Uh, Well, we opened it up with Jamie praying us in. So we're going to have Matt pray us out, but uh, thank you guys so much for being with us. And it's been an absolute honor. Of course, as your friend, this was a dream for me to be to hang out with you even this way, because you never come and visit. (laughs) Makes you kind of bad friends, but okay, we'll move on. But uh, thank you so much for being here. So Matt, pray us out of here. And we ask you have a great evening. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you again so much for allowing us to have this time together. Thank you for what you've uh, spoken to us through Psalm 22, what you've done through the life of David, and what you've done through Jesus um, on the cross and in his resurrection. Um, Lord, help us to know that when we look around the universe, when we look around our life, when we look around whatever's happening in our family, what's happening in Washington, D.C., what's going on in wherever we are in the world, uh, a job at work, when, when we look upon the universe and every trace of you seems gone, that we seem that we are all alone in this, uh, like Psalm 20, like Psalm 22, when we feel like we are all alone, just uh, help us to remember that we are not forsaken and help us to still obey. Lord, when we can't see you and can't see you working, help us to trust you. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who took that cross for us and rose again. We thank you, Lord, for that. And in his name we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks, everybody. God bless. Have a wonderful evening.